This CyberSound episode was recorded in alignment with October Security Awareness Month. This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm Jason Pufall, joined as always by Steve Mareska. Hey there. Hey, Steve. We had a lot of debate about what to call phishing. I think we settled on uh, it being the scourge, maybe, of the cybersecurity uh, social engineering world. Um, you asked me to define social engineering a little bit uh, as, sort of we were, as we were prepping for this. Um, and I don't, want to, I, I don't want to overblow it, right? Because in reality, it's anything that sort of seeks to leverage a human response uh, to maybe a question or an inquiry, right? So we'll get emails, we'll get text messages, we'll get voicemails. There's a whole variety of ways that phishing works. Um, all of it's generated to try to get some person to take action on the requester's behalf. I think, I, and maybe that's an oversimplification. Maybe you want to add to that. So social engineering in general, you know, it's a discipline that basically uses deceit to get people to act how they want. That could be a guy showing up in a uh, cable company uniform. It could be somebody sending an email. Today we're talking about phishing. It's about communications, not necessarily in person, but it's the sense of making people behave in a certain way for malicious means to acquire information or get that recipient to do something on that behalf. So I guess the question I have is why does it work so well, right? I mean, let's face it, there's a ton of different types here. We've seen phishing evolve over 30 plus years, right? To, to, you know, originally it was poorly written. Typically the grammar, the grammar was terrible. Uh, people still sort of succumbed to it. I think We've seen it mature a lot, and they almost look like legitimate business emails. Why, why is this so successful? At the core of it uh, is psychology, ultimately. People are forgiving. People want to be helpful. People respond to authority or perceived authority. Communications, when directed to you as an individual, prompt a response. It's polite to at least try to service the request, even if in some capacity it doesn't make a great deal of sense. People try to be helpful. And if that innate reflex is compounded by fear or urgency, it makes the message all the more successful. And I'm confident that most people listening will have received some sort of phishing communication that, in fact, aims to do precisely those things. So is your advice to people, don't be forgiving and don't be helpful? Just as with everything in security, you know, Trust, but verify. Do your due diligence. Look at what you're receiving. Does it make sense? Is it a reasonable message from someone? Is it the person you normally expect to be communicating on the subject? You know, use some basic critical thinking to determine whether you're doing something that should be done. And here's the trouble. All of these messages seek to catch us in a moment of vulnerability. That might be at tax time. You're expecting some sort of message from HR or finance regarding your tax return. You're more likely to react to that message because you're primed for it already. So I know you're referring to a specific event that you and I dealt with in the past, right? And what made that interesting was it really did rely on that sense of urgency, right? People received an email that had a what appeared to be a screenshot from a legitimate website. Uh, it 
told people that if they didn't act very quickly, uh, their W-2s would be taken down and they wouldn't have them available during tax time. Which is, Which, of course, ludicrous. Ludicrous, right? And, and, and I think if people take a second step back and say, you know, would this reputable organization ever withhold my W-2 if I don't click on this link in the next five minutes? Like, of course, it makes no sense when you say it out loud. But people are running to a meeting. People are, you know, sort of you know, stuck with deadlines all the time. They do tend to overreact or try to and try to solve problems as quickly as they can. Huge issue, right? Providing your credentials to a tax portal or an HR portal, which is ultimately the outcome of that of, of that particular fish. Right. Again, psychology. It's W two. People feel like they need to comply. Uh, they're expecting it, and you know the tax return. People like the money, so it's sort of a multi pronged um, carrot to get you to act in a way that effectively undermines you and the organization in the same uh, fell swoop. So staying on that same on that same phishing example, though, the one that we just talked about, the W-2 example, there were telltale markers in that, that if somebody looked at critically, I think they would have been able to say, listen, this doesn't seem legitimate, right? The, the, the sender address was wrong, right? It wasn't the institution's domain. Um, there were clear errors in essentially what they did to, to spoof the website of the company. Um, there were markers, right? At, at, at a quick glance, it looked reasonably good. Uh, but there are ways to sort of go through that and figure it out. I'm intrigued by examples such as some of the text-based phishing that we see nowadays, right? And we received, it, we received an example or just before this podcast, actually, somebody pointing out a text they, sent, they got from their bank that is really short, right? Four or five lines, basically, with a URL to click. There isn't a lot of information in that case to be able to make a qualified decision about whether it's legitimate or not. Um, and I don't, to be perfectly candid, I don't even know sometimes how you make that determination short of not clicking on anything you receive, maybe in a text. Right. I mean, especially when you feel uh, essentially obligation to save your money and your bank's telling you your account's on hold or something to that effect, it, you know, you're probably going to click, right. even if you don't know what it is. There are lots of banks that actually advertise the fact that they communicate in that convenient way. And, you know, that can be undermined rather rather readily. Another example I uh, had the uh, pleasure of receiving myself was a text message purporting to be about my Netflix subscription. Granted, banks, Netflix, I'm not sure it's all that unclear which is more important, but, you know, People care about that. Kids need to be occupied. We're <laughs> bored. It's just another example. It was easy to tell. Netflix wasn't spelled correctly. But if you're distracted and just inclined to click things you get in a text message, uh, you might end up at a website that looks remarkably like Netflix and try to sign in. Right. So our general guidance, though, would be if you got an email, or rather maybe if you got a text message from Netflix or from a bank, Contact the bank directly. Right? Don't don't click the links that were sent. If you're worried about protecting your money, call your bank and say, "I received this text message. I'm concerned about the fact that you're placing my account on hold, or whatever the case may be." That's that's an approach that applies to everything: text messages, emails, voicemails purporting to be from uh, entities of authority. Just call. You probably have the number handy. If not, go look it up online. It's easy to find a reputable source. Um, question bottom line that's the that's the right response to all of this and you know people people are sent phishing phishing content right texts emails whatever the case may be 
because it works, uh, because they do get people when they're unaware. You know, to your point earlier, they, people do want to be helpful, right? They want to be responsive, um, even if they feel like what they're receiving doesn't seem right. They've received, you know, they're getting a, a text message from their CFO who they've never spoken to, asking them to buy gift cards. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel right, but they want to be helpful. Right. The the best defend the best defended business can be undermined by the release of an identity uh, identity and access control. You give away your password, an attacker can get in bypassing all of the defensive measures that have been put into place at great cost. And frankly, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90% of all of the incidents we deal with have at least some root in revealing information of this sort via phishing or some other similar means. So it, it brings us back to a discussion we have all the time, which is your employees are one of the greatest sort of avenues for an attack institutionally. Uh, but I think they can also be some of the best allies if sort of educated or trained properly. And, and we talk all the time about making sure they understand really what threats exist, you know, how to identify phishing emails, right, how to protect their credentials. The reality is they're that first line of defense for a business and they need to be trained accordingly. Right. Security awareness in general, that's the, the aim. It's the requirement to defending against these things and vigilance is the way we sidestep these problems. But they're in, and they're easy to fall victim for. I mean, they're, they're, I do this stuff every day. And the reality is I'll get emails where I have to look twice to figure out whether they're legitimate or not. Right. And, and we're in that chain of, you know, individual sends us something and says, can you verify this? And I find I have to stare at it. Like they've gotten really good where it used to be kind of child's play to identify, uh, you know, the, the Nigerian prince who was going to give you the, the $30 million. Right. Those days are gone. Um, and they and they really are that in many cases that initial attack vector for companies being sort of compromised, right? And, and sort of it, where, where attackers then get the credentials and deploy ransomware and some of these other sort of second stage attacks, right? Very often it is the release of credentials through some sort of attack like that uh, by an individual who thought they were doing the right thing. You know, nobody nobody typically is doing it maliciously. Um, I'm not sure how much there is how much else there is to cover. Fishing. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward topic. I think our our advice here typically is you know, be mindful of what you receive. Try not to be too helpful too quickly. Uh, you know, certainly certainly don't you know don't shirk responsibility, but don't jump at it either. If you're an individual, pay attention to your personal emails. You know, be critical of something that you receive from a relative who never sends you an email. If you're in a business setting. You know, it's not necessarily likely that the VP of some business division is going to send you a personal email. Both of them are important. You're receiving messages of this sort in each uh, each sphere. The same rules apply. So be mindful of what you receive. Uh, don't be too helpful too quickly. Uh, and, you know, just know that, that phishing is you know, the scourge of the Internet in, at this point. Uh, and as always, you know, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we hope that we've found some value in this discussion. Feel free to reach out to us at Twitter at Vancourt Security or follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, or, or you know, a variety of other locations. Thank you. And thanks, Steve, for joining. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been Cyber Sound. <laughs>